the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Hello and welcome to another, another (laughs) exciting edition of the Worldview Media Podcast. I am your co-host, Gordon Runyon, coming to you from Studio One. Studio One? In paradise. (laughs) Tucumcari, New Mexico. (laughs) Joining me in the studio today are the woman who is my number one wayfinder, Miss Joyce. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. (laughs) There are three people listening. And (laughs) in addition to that, there are the two young ladies who are often mistaken for coconut pirates. My daughters, Jordan and Reagan. Hello, ladies. Hello. 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 All right. You're uh, looking for one more listener. (laughs) Being optimistic. (laughs) Good deal. Okay. So uh, this is Reconstructionist Radio. We are happy to be part of that network. I just thought of a cool tagline. Reconstructionist Radio Network. Your one-stop shop for all your dominionizing needs. How about that? Okay, dominionizing. Dominionizing. It's interesting. You might try and pitch it. Yeah, I just trademarked dominionizing. Anybody who ever says that from now on owes me a nickel each time. Dominionizing. Don't say. I don't think you have to worry about it. Oh. All right, so (laughs) (laughs) savage. All right, we are here to discuss the Walt Disney epic cartoon Moana animated feature, (laughs) epic animated feature cartoon. (laughs) And so, my question to you is. As you watched this movie, could you smell what The Rock was cooking? Um, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, did he cook? What? (laughs) (laughs) Like, were we picking up what he was putting down? Is that what you're saying? Oh, don't tell me. I have to tell you about The Rock. Uh That's his tagline. Wrestling. Really? Yeah, that's what he says. Can you smell? <laughs> Jordan cannot, though. So. No, I really can't. I was just going to say, she can really say no. I couldn't, I couldn't anyway. All right. So we're talking about Moana. I have a feeling there are going to be bad things that we say about the movie eventually, or at least that I will. <laughs> and, uh, but... Tell me some good things, overall things, or something like that. What are your impressions of this? I thought the animation was really good, just from a visual. Yeah, I think that's right. The animation was super good, and there's this scene at the beginning 
where she's a little girl and she's um, by the ocean by herself. She's on the beach by herself and they have these really cool, um, it's just a really neat scene because the water's flipping in all sorts of ways. <laughs> right. and, kind of playing with her. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really a cool scene to watch. And then I liked the music, except for one song, but... <laughs> yeah, right. right. Yeah. yeah, nobody liked that song, so... Yeah. Mm. The uh, music kind of is a callback to another show that we did here a few weeks ago when we talked about Hamilton, because the music here was from Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah, that's true. And He was part of the team. Yeah, and some of the music kind of had a Hamilton... Yeah, no, it's really yeah, a sure. Miranda vibe. Yeah, Miranda yeah, vibe. it had a real Lin Manuel Miranda. There are little thing. things that happen throughout the song that ways I'm like, that hey, the, the musical <laughs> phrasings and yeah, stuff that exactly. you're like, there he is. Yeah, yeah. I thought that "You're Welcome" song sounded very much like it could have been sung on Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> well, except it wouldn't fit at all. But <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have been historically accurate. <laughs> Okay, okay. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I really thought, animation-wise, now that you bring that up, I felt like the backgrounds were really well done in mm -hmm. terms of when they were supposed to be on an island that was like paradise. Man, it really did look yeah. like, wow, I'd like to live there. You know, yeah. it was that kind of... And I, I remember, you know, when Beauty and the Beast came out, and it was just, the animation was fantastic on that. And it's it stepped it up even more where... You know, if I would go back and look at Beauty and the Beast now, I'd be like, oh, well, yeah, maybe this was nice, but you know, it's really much <laughs> they keep improved. They in and, their game. Yeah. Well, one place where I thought that was evident was that, that scene you were talking about where Moana was a toddler. Mm -hmm. And the only way you could tell she was a toddler really is by the way she was walking. Mm -hmm. And she walked like a toddler. Yeah. I mean, you could With see. With her little that, feet all. Yeah. Yeah. And like Jordan. <laughs> I was, you know, sometimes in a cartoon, everybody's got a big head and big eyes. And, and yeah. uh, it's not apparently, it's not obvious right away how old they are. And so in that first scene where you've got all the kids gathered around, I don't think it was obvious how old all the kids were supposed to be. But then her walking on the beach, it's unmistakable. Wow, that's a toddler walking. Yeah. So that was some really good artwork there. There was, like I say, it was unmistakable. So I felt like that was a good job. On the other hand, there was a place where she holds up her foot, and it looked like the foot of a duck. <laughs> you know, it's just it's yeah, it was a little gigantic wide. wide. <laughs> You know, that just might have been her foot. You know, like, she could have had a little white foot. Did we just warp into the Hobbit or something? You know, feet are peculiar things, and they are well, for certain people. Is this a, go down that path. Is this a racist thing where we're saying Samoans have these no, trash can I'm lids just... for feet? I didn't say that. I just said feet. I just say we shouldn't talk about feet. feet. <laughs> I don't like feet. Let's not talk about that. Okay. Your dad brought it up. I'm just saying. Okay, there feet were. Are uh, let's talk some more about the the story. Now, in the story, the plot is that the world is basically coming to an end, and Moana is the girl who is chosen by the ocean to basically reverse the damage and fix nature. And so she has to head out on a boat by herself mm -hmm. to try to get this 
quest done. A fairly basic storyline, you know, the quest is mm -hmm. pretty classic. And, uh -huh. uh, a couple of things that we're going to talk about it when we get to the worldview stuff, <laughs> so I don't want to give it away preempt that right now but well, then this is also what is this like this is, these are real stories that have been passed down pretty much you know this is like this is culture yeah this is their culture and well there are like, real characters well, i think yeah, they made up this story oh you're saying this is based on like traditional well see that, you that miss my, yeah you Hawaiian miss some impression. of that stuff we watched some of the special features but if we're just going to talk about the movie as a whole you know i think it's it's a good movie I, I'll probably see it again. Um, it's got fun music. The animation's good. Uh, I like the characters. There's probably... I'm thinking of one character in particular I really didn't care for. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but, uh, you know, overall, it's a, it's, a solid, it's a solid story. Now, we'll get into worldview and perspectives yeah, and things right. like that later. And probably I wouldn't agree with some of those things. But uh, I think... You have to remember that these are stories, right. Yeah, right? And stories aren't necessarily about, you know, this is really how things happened, or this is how um, things should be, or or things like that. But it's it's a story, and I think it's a fun story. Okay, so, and the story apparently is based on like Pacific Island mythologies. Is yes. that what you're saying? Yes, it okay, is. Okay, but just from a storytelling standpoint, there were a few scenes and a couple of them were seemed extended that I don't feel like they advanced the plot really right. at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That whole thing with the coconut pirates, <laughs> I thought it was... So irrelevant. Are you calling me and Jordan irrelevant? <laughs> <laughs> I think you did that. <laughs> no, I'm saying you don't advance the plot. Oh, <laughs> no, that's true. Irrelevant. <laughs> No, but just seriously, here comes this these pirate ships filled with coconuts who are the pirates, and I I was well, willing to accept it when it happened, just as kind of a cute feature, yeah. or kind of funny. It was a, it reminded me of watching Ewoks in Star Wars trying yeah. to wage war and stuff, and yeah, and and I could see, all right, that's kind of funny, coconut coconuts walking around trying to trying to be bad guys well i don't stuff. know if they were really coconuts i think they had the coconut like gear oh you know. well, i think there was something underneath there but i don't think huh. oh you thought you there were little really tiny coconuts well i, I don't know coconuts. i i looked coconuts up the little creature legs. that they were talking about <laughs> and it just said that it was this tiny little short uh coconut tr troublemaker guy but that they were hairy and so i was like well maybe they just interpreted the animators that to mean like, oh, what if they were hairy like a coconut is hairy, you know? <laughs> well, they show up in the movie as walking coconuts. I mean, that's what they look like. And Well, okay. <laughs> and But I'm saying I was willing to go along with that and accept it as just kind of a cute little feature. But mm -hmm. uh, they have the incident with the coconut pirates, and then they just go on from there, and you never hear anything else about them. And the well, incident doesn't do I anything. I think that after that incident, that Maui kind of changes his perspective of who this little girl is that he's with, stuck with on a boat. Okay, so Maui is a demigod. demigod. Mm -hmm. He's kind of mischievous and mm -hmm. irresponsible. Mm -hmm. And you have Moana, who is the girl. Mm -hmm. And... They said that in Hawaiian, Moana means 
of the ocean or from mm. the ocean. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that scene irritated me a little bit just when I saw there was no circling back to it. it there was no payoff, really, for me anyway. And, right. and then the scene with the crab. the crab guy, we may talk some more about that. It, it seemed... Excessive. It seemed weird, Excessive. like out of place almost. Yeah, right. A different movie almost. Yeah. yeah. Even the song, the song doesn't really match the other songs, just yeah. sort of aesthetically, like it's not sort of, it doesn't really fit somehow. Well, and here's another question that I want to ask you. Is there any sense, did you get any sense watching it where it felt like whoever made this movie was not just making a movie, but was anticipating how this movie would then be adapted in like Disney World and how you could make shows in Disney World or... Because it kind of seemed like that with the with the crab guy. He goes kind of black lit, almost, you know, how things show up under a black light. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's got that whole kind of thing going on. And I could almost see a, a show at Disneyland doing that where in the middle mm -hmm. of the show it, it goes dark. And well, if they pick him for the show, I think that's just bad. <clears throat> There's right. a lot of other things you could do. He wasn't a great be character. And, and yeah. the song was weird. And the whole scene was goofy. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't know, but I think that um, that probably is a factor in, you know, I don't know if that's yeah. like specifically, so there's someone who has a job to do that, but I'm sure that they think about those things and think about how we can tie this in sure. and what we can market and what's <laughs> right. going to make a good toy. It's all about the merch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but the chicken, I mean, the chicken is kind of an odd fit, They're going to be selling that. chickens. Like I know, that, but, like, I mean, no. that doesn't really yeah. seem chickens like... Chickens left and right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the little pig, Pua, I can see. Oh, that's a cute little pig. I was kind of disappointed that... Um, they decided to go with Hey Hey for the yeah. I thought for sure as we were as like watching to, her on the well, island. And that's stuff because that Pooh is smarter than the pig. chicken. Yeah, and but he's already been out there. And he maybe said, no, they were trying you. to change it up a little bit, you know. <laughs> maybe that's why they decided to do that. Because I have I met have actual people that I think are that stupid. Where you <laughs> want to put them in, underneath in a box? <laughs> well, where you, where after you talk to them, you walk away thinking. How have you survived on the planet this long? When, I mean, seriously? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I could tell some stories. I won't do it here, but. That's another podcast. Yeah, right. That's later today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, any other kind of overall impressions to talk about here? So, um, Jordan, what did you think about the movie overall? I, I thought it was... Uh, I would probably say that it's a cute movie. I don't mm. know if it's a great movie, but it's it's fun. It's kind of cute. And the animation is good, and the music is fun, and, you know, it's got good points and stuff. And that stupid chicken is pretty funny sometimes. <laughs> but, um, but, I mean, I might give it, like, a like a high B or, like, an A minus or something. Wow, that high. Okay. Megan. I liked it better than Frozen. I think when you, it, depends, <laughs> it a little bit kind of depends on what you're comparing it to. If it's just an isolated movie that you then compare with all other movies, mm, I think right, it probably doesn't work change. very well. But if it's a Disney cartoon to compare with other Disney cartoons, I feel like it holds up pretty well. Yeah. Like I say, some of the animation is really slick. Yeah, as far as Disney, it's a pretty good showing for Disney, you know. Right. 
that's it's it's pretty good. All right. Anything else before we hit our break? Anything? Anything? All right. All right. I'm calling it. Here's our break. <laughs> the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. Okay, we're back. <laughs> Another masterful segue. <laughs> Here on, on the, the World Review Media Podcast. <laughs> I got a ration during that commercial for <laughs> bad segue in the commercial. I don't know. I need suggestions. Reagan. Do I go and commercial? <laughs> that was much smoother. Smooth. It was a little bit more exciting. It had some build-up. <laughs> the whole time I'm going, and you're like, oh, no. What's going <laughs> No, you just got to say, and, and then that's it. That's it. Then commercial. The, just, the commercial just shows up. Yeah. Oh, I don't even say commercial. No. So it's just, and, and then you hear the. the... <laughs> and then some crickets. <laughs> <laughs> Or you can be um, all, and now a word from our, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, right. All right. <laughs> all right. Next time you have to do it. Well, now we are. Well, the, I don't know what exactly. Okay, it's worldview time. Worldview time. <laughs> okay. Okay, what we like to do is take <clears throat> the things that we watch and kind of try to apply a five-point series of questions to it that reflect the biblical covenant. The first point is transcendence, where we talk about, this is where, in terms of fiction, we're going to talk a lot about thematic, uh, ultimate realities, and who's in this story that we're watching, who's calling the shots, and how do all these things fit together. So, <clears throat> transcendence in Moana, what are your thoughts? Well, I think it's really obvious that it's a polytheistic view you know it's it's talking about what these islanders believed in their culture and right. that's that's what it was yeah totally thoroughly pagan in terms of just like you what you said uh <clears throat> not just polytheism but the pagan idea that all being is one and that there's a oneness of being from the bacteria that lives inside your toilet bowl to the gods themselves. It's really a oneness of being. And the only difference is circumstances and abilities and levels of power and stuff like that. But it's all of one. <clears throat> and I think 
what that results in in the movie then is you have gods who need help mm-hmm. and you have gods who are fickle and mm-hmm. petty and basically afflicted with all the infirmities of humanity because well, and those things are <clears throat> even magnified because you know like with yeah. Maui being in a, a demigod right. stature so his yeah. power allows him to be more of a <laughs> fallen human than just a regular fallen human right. and that's kind of common to all pagan religions the book that i'd recommend for this if if that's kind of an interesting concept to you is uh Gary North's commentary on Exodus where he talks about power religion versus dominion religion and Moses versus Pharaoh and how the Egyptians had this oneness of being idea. And mm-hmm. it was pretty radical then for Moses to come along and proclaim a God who is nothing like anything yeah, that's here and, mm-hmm. and he's transcendent. And so really the transcendence in Moana, there is none. There are just beings with more or less power mm-hmm. and kind of like the gun law where he who has the gun makes the laws here <laughs> here it's a it's a power law whoever's most powerful gets to call the shots but one thing that struck me over and over again is the whole plot is about the creator now needs help from the creation and specifically from this young girl yeah. the creator has become something well, we find out at the end the creator has become uh, tyrannical and mm-hmm. dangerous and evil and destroying everything just for the sake of destroying it, like temper tantrum. And we need this pure soul in the form of Moana to come along and remind the creator of who she is. And mm-hmm. thoroughly pagan, kind of, uh, like you mentioned, polytheistic, but also oneness of being and so that's what's being preached. Uh, I'm kind of interested to hear. I Like you say, I didn't hear that this is based on actual, what, Polynesian mythology or, mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then it's sad to realize that a lot of the Christian missionaries, uh, you know, we're hearing now from Apologia Radio, who's uh, Apologia Church is starting a church in Hawaii, on Kauai, I think, and part of their research into the culture has turned up some interesting stuff. Like at the time, America kind of basically forced Hawaii into the Union. Uh, Christian missionaries, the gospel had found a great deal of success in Hawaii. And mm-hmm. so the last princess of Hawaii was a born-again believer and and wanted Hawaii to be this independent nation that served Christ. And uh, and it was. It was a thoroughly kind of Christianized place until America USA. got a hold of it. America. <laughs> America. Right. The, the story that we saw in Moana is sad because of how pagan it is and exalting paganism as something good and, and wonderful and you know, like with Grandma being reincarnated as this kind of light. A stingray. Stingray, <laughs> stingray made of light or something like yeah. that, you know. That this is all good and wonderful. And I just thought it's kind of sad when you realize what Hawaii had going in the last century. And and now this is what we're remembering and preaching. It kind of just kind of makes me sad. 
Hmm. Okay, so point two of the covenant is representation. Is there a is there a character or characters who most kind of embody the transcendent concept? And I'd I'd say precisely because of the oneness of being, every character is representing that. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Or what are your thoughts? Well, if you're going to really look at it, I think the grandma has to be that one because, you know, she's actually that physical presence that's telling the kids all these stories and keeping these stories alive. And this is what's happened. This is why we're here. And this is how these things are resolved. And she's that force that's pushing Moana to go and do these things because I think on her own, Moana, she wouldn't have done that. You know, her grandma's dying. Her dad's after her not to be going off and doing things. And she's wanting to be the the responsible girl and do what her father wants but her grandma's saying you need to go and do it yeah yeah and so she goes her grandma dies and the stingery comes out kind of to say you're doing the right thing so for me i see really the grandmother being more of that character even though she's a minimal character because she comes back again at the end when she's in another tough place yeah. Do I just call it quits and try to get back home? What do I do now? I'm all alone. Yeah, it's like the voice of Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, showing up coming at the back end. all glowy and blue. <laughs> right. Yeah. Glowy Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Obi Wan <Ka> glowy. <laughs> okay. Uh, any other thoughts on this? I think that's obviously right. I think this message is preached through all the characters, but. Grandma really is the preacher of it. You know, she shows her sense. the boats. She right. shows her the enticement of the water. You know, she's, she's the revelator. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the third point of the covenant is ethics. And we like to ask the question about how do our characters meet up with significant moral crisis? They have choices to make that are going to move the plot one way or another and and what's the deciding factor, and how do they choose? Anything? Why is everybody looking at me? <laughs> you have a moral crisis, Reagan? Well, well, the big one is, you know, Grandma's always been saying this darkness is coming and everything's dying, but you don't really see that on the island until one day, you know, there's no more fish, the coconuts are going bad, and what are we going to do? And, you know, the dad is still... He's the chief, and he's like, well, we'll just have to deal with it, and we're going to stay here, and that's just the way it is. you know. And so he looks to this little girl like, well, all right, what would you do? Well, okay, I guess we need to put the, the fish somewhere else, or we need to cut down the bad coconut trees and grow some new coconut trees and um, trying to stay within the parameters that her dad has said this is how we live. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that was a crisis. What do they do? Everything's kind of starting to... Paradise is going bad. What do you do then? Yeah, you have to launch out. And uh, so the ethical crisis there for Moana is who do I obey? And do I obey my father? Do I obey my grandmother? <laughs> and grandma's telling me I need to obey the voices inside my own head. And if you the hear that, that inner voice, her. yeah. The water is an entity. The ocean is an entity that is calling her and, and urging her. And what will she do? And, of course, she makes the right decision and defies her father and 
goes out and saves the world and and uh kind of the it's a pretty common disney message it's almost like a trope right where the the princess to be has to has to grow up and figure things out for herself and her dad's holding her back and doesn't want her to be and do and and she has to get that figured out you know so, well that's frozen and what some other things no because their parents died Oh. Yeah, <laughs> oh, maybe I'm thinking of too soon. <laughs> but I mean, that is a fairly common sort of Disney concept, and the whole follow your heart thing. It's so aggravating. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, but on the flip side, if we were to to look at this. In a different way. In a different light. Um, you know, you have Abraham being called out of the land that he was from, what he knew, leaving everything behind and going out and doing what he was supposed to do. Right. And I think that, like, as Christians, we have those... I mean, the ocean isn't calling us to do anything, <laughs> but, you know, like, there is a sense in which we do have a, a part to play right. in the world, and we do have our callings and things that we are called to do and right. that's the problem is that that's being turned into oh that's you telling yourself that and that's what yeah. you feel and you have to realize that that's a separate that's God telling you that's God giving you a gift you know yeah, right and um that kind of gets really rainbow unicorny <laughs> <laughs> well and there does come a sense in which uh, yes, the fifth commandment does say to honor your father and your mother, and there's a sense in which uh, if you're not doing that, then it's an offense against God himself because your parents represent God to you in the family. But there really does come a time when your parents can go wrong and and uh, try to keep you from obeying God. And, uh, you right. know, that's a real thing as well. And hopefully nobody's in that situation, but... Some yeah. people are where it's well, not... and eventually, I think a healthy family, your children are going to leave. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. But this, but this was the... a this was a young teenage. Girl. Well, yeah, but right. I mean, that's that's part of the process of growing up is that you leave. You know, we have two girls that have left and gone off to college and gone farther, and um, you know, Reagan's getting ready to get up and go to college, even though that may not be what she really wants to do. But it is, it's a process of being able to step out and continue on your own. And hopefully, as Christian parents and Christian families, you're setting them out on the right way to go and, and do those things they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, maybe Moana, she's probably not with that in mind, but I can see that and say, yeah, there comes a time when you have to go out, and sometimes your parents are not ready for that. Right. And you still you need to do what you need to do. Yeah, it does take a lot of discernment. There can be times when your parents are legitimately holding you back from following what God has told you to do. But there's also the sense that until you're out from underneath their legitimate authority, 
you honor God by obeying them. Yeah. Well, and, but her, there is that scene where her mom kind of gives her the go ahead and is like, "Yeah, you yeah, should go. Take and these things with you." <laughs> <laughs> so like, get out, get out while you can. <laughs> and then I and like within the world of the story, if she hadn't gone, that would have been the wrong thing to oh, do. Oh sure, right, right. So like, just because she's the hero, she has to get it right. Yeah. <laughs> well, but if you if you pull it back even farther. You know, then God is in control always and sovereign. And so where even it may seem like someone who's outside of the faith and saying, well, I have to go off and do this. You know, still God uses that person for whatever his will is to accomplish those purposes. And and you just have to. Now, again, this is an animated feature, (laughs) but I think it really there's some concepts in here that are worthwhile to to look at and to say, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, I think what you're pointing out is that as Christians, we do believe there are legitimate authorities over us. Mm -hmm. And the Bible tells us to have an attitude of submission toward legitimate authorities. But there's no legitimate authority over us that is a plenary authority with all power. And uh, even the legitimate authorities over us are limited, and finding that finding that balance does take a lot of discernment and it takes a lot of uh being in the word and being willing to uh follow the holy spirit speaking through the word and and all of that you know you do need to be careful when you disobey an authority legitimately over you but and you should strive to obey legitimate authority but that doesn't mean they get to do whatever the heck they want and and that's just true uh, in in every sphere of mm. life. Okay, so I don't think it's... It, uh, I am just upset <laughs> about the fact that Disney and Pixar and, you know, all those kinds of, of studios that are making movies for children, it's a common theme that for things to go right, the children have to disobey their parents at some point now some may be more or less warranted and all of that i just think that irritates me as a common theme any other moral quandaries i think you mentioned one where moana eventually comes to maybe believe that she's failed and the whole mission is down the drain and there is a little bit of a quandary about now what do i do and do I just quit? Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that? I think you should just quit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always say. <laughs> That's my mentality. <laughs> I come from a long line of quitters. <laughs> uh, uh. uh yeah, that's that's tough, but you know, everybody kind of gets to that point whether it's just in life in general or in a specific situation feels like it's failed and and now what do you do well and again it comes to what is your hope and your faith in exactly that's going to what are you believing continue in? to make you go whichever way you go mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. called you to that project in the first place yeah. that's you, really got yeah. to be the issue right yeah. so another interesting character for me is uh maui and he's he's a whole bunch of ethical stuff <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's a fun character, you know, he's kind of 
makes you laugh. And but um, yeah. for me, you know, he's a demigod who has no power, and yet he did everything for everybody and can't do anything for himself. Starved for love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. Right. Well, he's stuck on an island. He pulled, but yet he pulled all the islands up out of the ocean. He gave. Well, them... but when he had his magic fish hook, he could do all that stuff. He didn't have his hook when he was stuck there, so yeah. he's just a guy. So he's just plain old strong guy. And then even his backstory is kind of sad that his parents, well, his mother didn't want yeah, him abandoned by his parents, threw yeah, him yeah, into yeah. the ocean. And he was rescued by the gods to then do stuff for humanity. So. So um, you wind up with this demigod who's basically got mommy and daddy issues. Kind of goes back to that whole oneness of being thing. The only thing that makes him a demigod is the fact that he has a hook, got powers from somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. can do special things. Interesting. Any other moral dilemmas? What were we going to say about the crab? Oh, he's just weird. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I don't know. It was just. Yeah, I I feel like the intention was that, like. Moana's been her grandma's telling her about like oh you gotta listen to who you are on the inside and know all this stuff and the crab is sort of like uh, you gotta pay attention to what's on the outside you gotta be all pretty and stuff and like I feel (laughs) like that's the idea to make him be like the opposite thing or something he's very materialistic yeah but it just, it's weird. It's a weird little thing. Yeah, it is. I don't even understand that. Well, I think there was a tie back into the story at the very beginning with the monsters that were shown. And I think one of them might have been the crab. But, you know, it was a very primitive little drawing. But it seemed like they were kind of the the same where the you have the destruction monster over here and then the crab monster over here. And yeah. maybe it's about excesses. Interesting. Maybe. I don't know. But he was... That was just a whole odd little segment. Yeah. It seemed out of place. Yeah. Yeah, it sure did. Okay, so point four of the covenant is sanctions, and we begin to ask, do our characters get what they deserve? Not in terms of maybe the real world, but in terms of how that created fictional world, in terms of how that operates, do they get consistency? Do their actions get what they ought to get? given the rules in their world. Uh, what about Moana? She, yeah, probably. I mean, she accomplished what she Yeah, she goes do. out and does this whole thing and saves the world, and then it works out pretty good for her after that. So probably, probably so. Okay. Yeah, she kind of does get rewarded as... I thought it was interesting, though. Her rewards seemed to be... Just like being comfortable in her own skin, and well, then she got to travel too, like the whole island. Yeah, she like oh, got it did to change that the back whole culture. And yeah, and yeah. Stuff. Went back to being. But she could embrace people. everything that she used to. Just kind of wonder if that was good for her to feel these ways and stuff like that. So, yeah. and and it did wind up kind of changing their whole society. Yeah. Their whole deal. Their whole deal. <laughs> it was changed. They're <laughs> just out there changing the deal. <laughs> okay. And now we got a good hook again, so. Yeah. I guess he was all right. He pulled through. He was okay. Yeah. Yeah, he overcame. Almost self-sacrificing. Almost. 
And yet, <laughs> and the creator God realized she didn't need to be angry. Angry. Well, she got her distracted. heart back. Yeah, she got her heart she back. She got her heart she had, back. She had had a piece she got her of her center missing. back. Her center. <laughs> is the thing With is that right. <laughs> that she had been like a yeah it was interesting undone. right she'd been undone because she was missing a little jewel and that's one of the kind of constants in the show is how frail and fragile the gods and demigods were that you know they could be undone by little things like that and they needed help from the creation and stuff so mm -hmm. that was a pretty common occurrence succession what's it look like is going to take place in the future because of this story they're going to travel yeah they're going to be going to see the world again whole new society mm -hmm. right moana's people used to be seafaring and explorers and voyagers and then they found the one island that was really nice and they just kind of contracted and got stuck there and uh huh, sound familiar huh. <laughs> was this island ever really nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where right. do you live here <laughs> uh, can't answer that question oh are we talking about two huh, oh, wait <laughs> no it was the island <laughs> yeah sorry sorry you just said they got stuck <laughs> <laughs> couldn't leave they just <laughs> rung a bell i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well i i saw a little parable of churches in that hmm. some studies have been done that you know in the church planting phase before a church before a congregation decides to buy a building or build a building that they're kind of characterized like rabbits where they're just moving very quickly and never in one place and they're reproducing like rabbits and stuff like that but you get a it seems to be an occurrence that when a rabbit church gets a building and become begins to be respectable and <laughs> then it becomes more like an elephant that just kind of you know it's fat and sucking up resources and and just kind of lumbering along yeah lumbering not being able to do anything very quickly and and just one baby every two years <laughs> <laughs> right there you go yeah not reproducing quickly or and it's amazing that it does kind of seem to center in the building but that's the that dynamic is the same, that when the churches are rabbits, they're on the move and they're looking for new targets and new places to go and, and bring their message. And then they find a nice place and everything kind of contracts and becomes about living in that place. And, mm -hmm. and they lose who they were. And I'm not sure how you get that back. Sell the building, <laughs> dissolve it, you know. <laughs> So I kind of saw a parable in that, that there was a good thing, that this kind of introverted, scared, timid community was kind of willing at the end of the movie was to, free to... to go beyond the barrier reef yeah. and, and explore the world. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was a good message. That was a decent thing in there. Mm. Hard to separate it from the paganism and all that. Uh, but. <laughs> had to stretch, but you found it. Yeah, I thought that was a good Ooh. lesson. All right, anything else to say about this? Um, I thought watching the extras on our on our DVD, it really 
it gave more background about how they came to develop this movie, and I think that they really were looking more at trying to be culturally accurate with how these people live, and even to some extent still live today, the importance of the coconut to them and why it was so important, and yeah. and just the traveling and navigating that they did in that area, and, and the how incredible it is that they did that, you know, finding all these islands in the middle of the ocean, and um, mm -hmm. that they really did actually stop exploring for about a thousand years, yeah. I think they said, and then picked it up and started doing it again. And so they, and they had a lot of input from the peoples in those areas in the development of the characters and in the uh, traditional dress and in all the things that they did. And it just was interesting for me that Disney went to that length to do yeah, that because I don't right. I don't think they've done that with anything else you know I'm thinking of Pocahontas oh right and <laughs> you know right. they told Hello. a story <laughs> that I don't think they spent time with any Indian groups talking about okay right. what was going on or with or, the history book or yeah <laughs> and so there was there really was some type of a effort concerted effort that we want to represent this in Accurately. as close a light as we can and know that, yeah, we may not know exactly what they wore or what they did, but we want to try to be true yeah. to, you know, how they danced and the singing and the songs. And, and even now that music is still important to them as a people today and that they're doing all this stuff in their churches oh. on their islands. And yeah. so, you know, they were in that pagan place. And a lot of them are not still in that pagan place, but that's where they came from, and that's their culture. Yeah. And so that they were saying, this is where we have come from. And I think that was part of the story, too, is that you have to know where you've come from and able to keep on going forward. Right. right. And especially as a Christian, you have to know what you've been saved from then to go forward and realize the freedom right. that you walk in now and share that with the people around you and and changing the community where you are. Um, and so there there were some really interesting things there that you had already quit. <laughs> but I thought um, I wanted to say that so that there would be some redeeming points to this story for well, you. Well, I wonder, yeah, uh, you are right. That's an unusual thing. And I think Pocahontas is a classic example where they didn't take that care to be historically accurate or culturally accurate. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wonder, is that because to be culturally and historically accurate in the Pocahontas story would have been, been very pro-Christianity yeah. <laughs> and pro-European, <clears throat> even pro-white guys. And, <laughs> and so it was a, it was a no brainer move to completely turn that history on its head and make a movie that's basically exalting paganism. On the other hand, now you have this story that is pagan, and you don't need to change it to make it that way. I kind of wonder if if that isn't part of the motivation. Or is this a trend that now they've decided? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what their, be next, more accurate what their or, next products are yeah, coming out. But right. uh, it I was just... Like there is a lot more of a sort of consciousness about not misrepresenting people groups now than Especially there was in minority the 90s. groups. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. when Pocahontas and stuff is being developed and all this. I feel like people, especially people in big corporations like Disney, are much more sort of conscious about like how... How you go about those things. How you, yeah, how you go about talking about 
people from cultures that you don't understand. And, right. and, and this was extensive. I mean, they met with these groups three, yeah. four, I mean, a oh, lot. Well, a bunch of times. Where yeah. they were going to the islands. But they to still see drew them. their feet huge. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were coming back to Disney, too, and reviewing things yeah. and saying, no, this character isn't right. Like with Maui, for instance, you know, he yeah, was supposed to be bald because oh. the character's bald. And they said, oh, no, you can't have Maui bald because. That's not who he is. He's yeah, supposed he to be this guy with a big hair, and yeah. so. But uh, I just I thought that was really interesting, and so it'll be kind of interesting to see where Disney goes from here with the uh, with other ventures that they're looking at. Yep. All right, you guys. I think we're about done. My encouragement to our audience, as always, I know somewhere among the dozen of people that are listening. <laughs> that there there are people listening with god-given creative talents and go and use your talents and dominionize wait what was you saying <laughs> your one-stop shop reconstructionist radio is your one-stop dominionizing shop <laughs> how about that uh, or for all your dominionizing <laughs> needs. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. So well, even you creative yeah. folks. You can come up with something better. There was that's silence. Gold. That's top shelf. <laughs> so I no one can reach it. <laughs> uh, all right. That's where we hide stuff is on the top shelf. <laughs> all right. See y'all. God bless you. Bye. Say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks. <laughs> <laughs>